We Turned Out Okay is a show about children and families. You get to see into the mind of a child development expert, and you'll learn tons about kids and why they do what they do. It's for grown-ups, so it's not always G-rated. But it's almost always PG. And we'll let you know when it's PG-13 or higher. Also, you can expect some rabbit holes and detours. But we return to the topic at hand. Besides, rabbits are awesome. What have you got against rabbits? Anyway, sit back, relax, and prepare to learn about how to stay sane while raising your little kids. Enjoy the show! Come on, guys! We turned out okay. The modern parent's guide to old school parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello and welcome to episode 304 of We Turned Out Okay. This is the show where we're always helping you change your child's behavior from bad to good, feel happy inside, and truly enjoy the time that you spend with your family. I am Karen Locke Culp. Welcome, welcome. I am the host of this show. I am also the founder of WeTurnedOutOK.com. I uh, run a private coaching community for parents that you can find out more information about over there. Um, and today is part three in a series that will eventually have four parts about how to stop school from screwing up your kid. And earlier this year, earlier in 2019, I reread uh, a book called Dumbing Us Down by a man named John Taylor Gatto. Um, I'm going to try and make this a little bit of a shorter intro to, um, to this particular episode because I feel like in the previous, uh, parts of this series, I, I kind of did a little bit more of a deep dive into like, why John Taylor Gatto and, um, you know, why, why am I doing this kind of series, which, which seems on the surface, maybe like a, a, a strange one, um, you know, to, to bring up. But uh, John Taylor Gatto was somebody who really helped me understand that school can screw kids up. Uh, when my son, my oldest was, uh, seven is when I started reading John Taylor Gatto. Um, and he'd already been through two plus years of school at that point, which had stripped him of his personality and his well-being and made him sick. Um, we used to say that he was allergic to school. And uh, this book, as a result, made a lot of sense to me. <laughs> and um, if I hope I hope what I'm talking about makes sense to you too, because I don't. So we're going to spend the first part of the show kind of talking about like the big bad that that has to do with this, and then we're going to spend the second part of the show talking about like how do we overcome this? How do we how do we stop this from screwing up our kids? So um so again, if you want more kind of justification about why I felt like this was an important episode. Uh, or series to bring you, um, go to episode 301 and episode 298, which are the previous ones in this series. One is about how schools cultivate indifference and how dangerous that is. And the other one is about how schools cultivate um, emotional and intellectual dependence on others like teachers and stuff. And um, I just want to say finally, before I really kind of get into the meat of this episode, that like if you are listening and you're a teacher um, or if you've had good, only good relations with schools, uh, I'm really glad. And this isn't meant as like an indictment of you. It's meant as um, this is a system-wide problem. This is a problem that is much, much bigger than an individual school uh, department or, uh, you know, school system or um, like, you know, in a school district, that's the word I'm looking for, or an individual administrator or principal or teacher it's this is something that it's almost hard to see uh, unless it's unless it's framed for you. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do today. Um, so what I'm going to do is read from Dumbing Us Down. John Taylor Gatto wrote a speech when he was given the 1991 State New York Teacher of the Year Award. He this is the speech that he read uh, in, you know, when he on receiving that award. And, um, and then soon after he read it, he actually resigned from teaching and he wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal about how he was leaving teaching after decades because he felt that um, 
that schools did damage to kids and he wasn't, he didn't feel that he could participate in that anymore. And, um, and so this is what he says. Uh, this is how he begins actually his, his speech. He says, a lady named Kathy wrote this to me from Dubois, Indiana the other day. What big ideas are important to little kids? Well, the biggest idea I can think that they need is that what they are learning isn't idiosyncratic, that there are some, that there is some system to it all, and it's not just raining down on them as they helplessly absorb. That's the task, to understand, to make coherent. Kathy has it wrong. The first lesson I teach is confusion. Everything I teach is out of context. I teach the unrelating of everything. I teach disconnections. I teach too much. The orbiting of planets, the law of large numbers, slavery, adjectives, architectural drawing, dance, gymnasium, choral singing, assemblies, surprise guests, fire drills, computer languages, parents' nights, staff development days, pull-out programs, guidance with strangers my students may never see again, standardized tests, age segregation unlike anything seen in the outside world. What do any of these things have to do with each other? Even in the best schools, a close examination of curriculum and its sequences turns up a lack of coherence, a host of internal contradictions. Fortunately, the children have no words to define the panic and anger they feel at constant violations of natural order and sequence, fobbed off on them as quality in education. The logic of the school mind is that it is better to leave school with a toolkit of superficial, superficial jargon derived from economics, sociology, natural science, and so on, than with genuine enthusiasm. But quality in education entails learning about something in depth. Confusion is thrust upon kids by too many strange adults, each working alone with only the thinnest relationship with each other, pretending for the most part to an expertise that they do not possess. Meaning, not disconnected facts, is what sane human beings seek. And education is a set of codes for processing raw data into meaning. Behind the patchwork quilt of school sequences and the school obsession with facts and theories, the age-old human search for meaning lies well concealed. This is harder to see in elementary school, where the hierarchy of school experience seems to make better sense because the good-natured simple relationship between let's do this and let's do that is just assumed to mean something and the clientele has not yet consciously discerned how little substance is behind the play and pretense. And I mean, it's just so chilling. I read these words and I literally get goosebumps. Uh, I think the one thing that I might take issue with, I think the one, he goes a little too far for me when he says that the that uh, these strange adults each working alone uh, pretend for the most part to an expertise they do not possess. As I was reading that back, I thought, you know, I don't know how true that is. I can see, however... I could see a teacher thinking, um, I'm not like, I'm not smart enough to be up here. Like I shouldn't, what, who, you know, gave me permission to be in front of, uh, all these kids as their teacher. Like, like maybe they made a mistake. You know, you can see somebody thinking that I thought that myself, I thought it as a parent and maybe you think of it as a parent too. Like, here's my kid looking to me as an expert. I don't know anything. And, um, how frightening and scary that is. And I think actually that's kind of a part of this. Um, we we can feel confused and we can, as a result, we can sort of dive into like, uh, you know, because I said so, instead of trying to sort of think through the issue and help our kids think, think through the issue. Just think about how damaging the, the phrase, because I said so is, which again is something I have totally said to my kids. <laughs> Um, I want you to think about me, not with my finger in your face, kind of lecturing you, but as a person, as a mother who has been there and who understands that sometimes things come out of our mouths that we didn't intend and that we regret immediately. And um, we can't let that, we can't let that contribute to our children's confusion. And what I've tried to done, what I've tried to done, what I've tried to do with my kids is when I do something like that, when I make a mistake like that, I try to atone for it and I try to um, help them understand that I'm a person who make mis makes mistakes too. And, and, and to help them not be confused by at least understanding that I'm a person who cares. I'm not a stranger. I'm a person that they can come to um, 
and who, who knows them well and who they, I allow them to know me well. Um, I hope that makes sense. I think you can be a stranger in more ways than one. You, you can be a stranger living in the same house. Um, you can be a stranger because, because of the, of the way that you, um, hold back from, from kids. And I mean, there's a lot of reasons why an adult might do that. I think when I had a year's worth of postpartum depression, when my son, when my firstborn was a year, you know, from, from the, from the time that he was born till he was a year old, um, I think that might, that could have been very confusing for him because I, there were, well, I hope not because I think I hid this, but there were times where I felt the thought that would come into my head is I do not want to be doing this. I wish I wasn't doing this, changing him in the middle of the night or feeding him or, you know, uh, doing some of the, any number of things, one of the, any number of things that we do that is, you know, unpleasant and not on our timeline when we have little, when we have new babies. And I felt so guilty about every one of those things. It was almost like I felt that my child would know that I was feeling that way. And it just made everything like a million times worse. So for the second one, I got psychotherapy (laughs) and that was very, very helpful. Um, And like that's, those are some of the ways that we might create confusion for our kids. Um, And, uh, you know, obviously this episode is about how to stop school from screwing up your kid. And the way that we're addressing is with confusion. Um, The thing about it is the kids who are confused, um, they also can feel as if they are just wrong intrinsically because kids are really egocentric. And so they might, this is, I think, what I really want you to take from this episode. Um, kids are fundamentally different from adults in this way where they will automatically assume they don't have any outside, uh, they don't have the same kind of like ability to look outside of themselves as an adult does and any perspective that they do have um can diminish when the going gets tough so so if you and your spouse um as my you know my parents for example used to fight in front of us um and i i don't think they meant it this way i know they didn't mean it this way but it was scary for us because we we thought first of all oh they're fighting about me and second of all like what's going to happen here you know what i mean um but the part I want to focus on is the like kids will automatically assume that they are wrong, that they've done something wrong or that they just are wrong. Um, if we kind of confuse them because uh, they don't have any other, they don't have anything outside of themselves to as a reference point. You know what I mean? So keeping kids confused is tantamount to making them feel as if they're wrong intrinsically. Um, And as we've just, you know, as I've just read, schools are really good at that. And uh, the last part of this that I wanted to highlight was the end where he's talking about how um, with younger kids, uh, he writes, he writes, the clientele has not yet consciously discerned how little substance is behind the play and pretense. And so he's talking about how like, it's what schools teach is kind of empty it's not meaningful and that's really really confusing right kids want as as uh he writes as he reads from kathy in dubois indiana she says um the kids want to understand that there is some system to it all it's not just raining down on them as they helplessly absorb um every child every human being searches for meaning and when kids are confused uh it's, it can be because there's this lack of meaning. Like they go to this place every day and every day they go through the same motions and they line up in the same lines. And, and anytime something potentially becomes meaningful, it's kind of yanked away from them because now it's time to move on to the next thing that we're doing. And schools are really good at this. (laughs) And, um, if you have worried about your child in that environment, if you're seeing symptoms of this already, um, if you are, you know, just kind of wanting to guard against what might happen in the future, I'm really glad you're listening. Um, the the before the break part, which we're just moving out of now, is is really all about like the the problem. And we're as we get after the break, you know, when we when we get back into the show, it's going to be about the solution. Um, because I believe that there is a solution, there is a way that we can help our kids not get screwed up by by school or by being made to feel confused, whether it's at school or home or daycare or wherever. Um, 
<clears throat> yeah, so stay tuned for that. I will uh, I will see you on the other side of this break. Hello, it's me with a quick little public service message about this break, which is that you are going to hear me refer to a date, a specific date, specifically December 1st. And um, I just wanted to tell you that I totally said that date wrong. It is, in fact, Monday. The, the Monday in question is December the 2nd. So I've rectified that in the notes and I've rectified it in the other things that you'll hear about. But on Monday, December the 2nd, that's the thing I want you to remember that that something exciting is going down. And I'm, I'm going to talk about it during this break. So, OK, here we go. On with the break. <laughs> Welcome to the break for episode 304 of We Turned Out Okay. This one, as you know, because you're halfway through it, is all about how school promotes confusion and what we can do to help our kids not feel confused. Um, this is the third in our our series on how to stop school from screwing up your child. And uh, I'm just really glad that you are here with me today for it. So we at each week in uh, our We Turned Out Okay Facebook group, I do a Magic Words for Parents, which is a Facebook Live. Um, and I wanted to tell you that this week in real time, so yesterday's Mondays was um, uh, it was a holiday. It was it was Veterans Day here in the U.S. So I I did not do that. Magic Words for Parents was off. It will be returning next week, and um, so you know, stay tuned for that. I'll give you an update in in the break of of that episode of episode three hundred five about uh, what's coming up on the Magic Words for Parents. But in the meantime, I did do a Facebook Live video this week. I did it on my page and shared it into my group. Um, it was called seven of my best parenting resources and how you can get them for free. And I'm going to talk more about that in a few minutes of this break. Uh, first of all, I wanted to just before that, though, I wanted to get into the parenting news. So each week I try to share some piece of news with you and um, something I think you might find interesting, you know, that has to do with parenting, raising kids, uh, stuff like that. And this week's is is about a a documentary that I recently got to see called Won't You Be My Neighbor. It was about Fred Rogers, uh, Mr. Rogers of Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, who did that show for um, a couple decades and and helped a lot of kids with it. <laughs> and um, I wanted to share about it because I, I watched it after Janine Halloran, uh, one of the guests on episode 300 and also uh, the the sponsor of today's show. So you'll hear from you'll hear from her actually in just a little just a little while. Um, but in that episode, Janine brought up the idea of Fred Rogers. She said she had she had watched Won't You Be My Neighbor. She sort of settled in to watch it one evening and realized that she was going to have to like actually stop it and like take notes on it. Um, and watch it during the day when she was more alert because it was just that good. And that's exactly now I didn't take notes on it, but I ended up we kept we we still were like the last people in the country to watch videos on discs, I'm sure. Um, but the variety is there, which I really like. So um, so we do still watch like Netflix videos and we have a Netflix subscription that's discs. And I kept that video for several days and watched it more than once. I watched it with Ben. I kept stopping it and calling Jay in because there were parts of it that that just blew my mind. Um, I actually did. Oh, I will link to this in our show notes. I did when I watched it, which is now probably a few weeks ago. I did a um, a, a weekly newsletter on it, and. Um, one of the things that I, I wanted to talk about was how, it, like, it's, it, how can I say this? Uh, it's a it's a PG-13 rated movie, the documentary about Fred Rogers. And I was like, why? Like, what could this possibly be about that's so, you know, that it needs a PG-13 uh, rating? And boy, watching it, I realized, like, almost immediately, um, they didn't, it wasn't like a, a, a fluffy show. Um, it was a show to help little kids process and understand their world. And when it started in the in the 60s, um, they, like 
their world was full of war. Like the, 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 we were fighting a war here in the United States. There was a, well, the, a conflict, but it, but it, it amounted to a war. Lots of people lost their lives and a lot of little kids knew people who were, who were there and who were losing their lives. And so, um, like they brought that into Mr. Rogers neighborhood in a way that, uh, helped kids deal with it and also still feel safe and, and cared for. They talked about when President, uh, actually, I don't remember, I don't think it was when President Kennedy was assassinated. I think it was when his brother was assassinated. Um, they do they do shows on that because kids are hearing the word assassination and everybody is frightened and, and um, you know, just not sure what's coming when, it, when a public figure like that um, has something terrible happen, right? And and so kids don't understand the issues, but they do understand the fear and the, and the concerns that their parents have. And uh, they, they just understand that vibe. And so Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was like not a light show, um, even though it was beloved by kids and, and also so well done that, that kids could watch it and, and, and feel uh, safe and, and like they're in a trusted place. And, um, so I wanted to highlight it for you in the parenting news because I, I want you to watch it. Basically. (laughs) I think, um, even if you never watched Mr. Rogers, even if you thought Mr. Rogers was stupid or for, for babies or something like that. Um, I actually stopped watching Mr. Rogers neighborhood before I remember watching it. So we did used to watch it when I was very small, according to my mom, but but we just we just stopped. I mean, we either grew out of it or or uh, didn't watch that much TV or or whatever. But um, through the decades, he had just so much helpful stuff for kids, and and I love this documentary too because it shows him not as just the single faceted uh you know guy who puts on his cardigan and smiles like there are there are pranks that go on on that show there are jokes he's an incredible swimmer um he he the, his family is on there to kind of talk about what it was like one of the one of his sons basically says like it was like the second coming you know was my dad and 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 so it's not i loved it because it, it just examines in a really loving and beautiful way all the facets. By the way, I didn't know this. Did you know <laughs> that um, there were protesters at Fred Rogers' funeral? Um, I did not know that. And I just found that to be really compelling. And um, it's great TV. Um, you know, thinking about some of it does make me tear up. He just he just had such a special way of um, helping his you know, his, his kids, like as you know, the kids that watched him, like his fans and also us, their parents and, um, people who used to watch him, like he, he had such a special way of helping us view the world and, um, and feel loved. And, uh, yeah, so I want you to see it. I think in a, in a frightening landscape, uh, where we, you know, we're never sure what history is going to bring. Right. Um, it's, this was a really super good resource and I think we can take those good feelings on into the future. So go watch it. (laughs) And, um, I wanted to say before we leave the parenting news segment, I just created a post in the Ninja parenting community, which is the community that I host on, uh, on the, we turned out okay website, um, where I get to really work closely with parents. And I have noticed that quite a few of the parenting news segments that I have come up with, came from ninja parents or people that I work closely with, um, in a, in a closer capacity, but they're also ninja parents. They get to be in the community. And, um, I just put a post in there because what I would really love is if you are a ninja parenting community member, um, and you have come across a piece of news that you would like to, you know, me to, me to present in the parenting news segment, please, please let me know, post about it because, um, post about it in our forums because I, uh, I, I think, there's a lot more of you than there are of me. And I would love to be able to feature something that you um, ninja parents think, uh, you know, consider worthy as news. And so, um, so definitely jump in there and do that. I will, uh, I'm going to just write down uh, also link to a forum post about parenting news. Okay. Cool. So that will get done. All right. And on to uh, this thing that I'm really excited to talk to you about, which is the NPC Cyber Monday special. So basically, this is a way for you to get seven fantastic resources, seven of my best parenting resources for free 
um, while you are waiting for NPC Cyber Monday. So NPC Cyber Monday is uh, for 24 hours on Cyber Monday, December 1st this year. I'm offering a deal that you will not see again. Like, you know, um, uh, this is a, this, I hope to start a tradition um, where I'm offering a year's membership for a year, for a third off of uh, standard uh, annual membership, which, so even <laughs> the only people who might ever be offered an annual membership now are our current NPC monthly members. And this is a, this is a third off of that cost. So, um, so it's usually, I believe it's usually $460 to join NPC on an annual basis. You get great, great things from that. You get four parent coaching calls, one per quarter, um, over that year that you can take advantage of. Um, you know, you get all the good stuff about being in the, in the ninja parenting community. Like the, we have these community wide live members only calls where even if you can't be there live, they're just so much fun and they, they just, and they're really helpful too. And, um, so you, you get to be in the community for a whole year. That's like a whole year's peace of mind at a third off the cost. I'm only offering it cyber Monday, 24 hours, midnight to midnight, well, midnight to 1159. Um, and the way to, uh, so what I'm inviting you to do today is to get on that wait list. And um, that way you'll get an email sent, a message sent to you right away when like the, when it opens, when Cyber Monday starts and I will send, I'm not going to, you know, be crazy with this, but I'm going to send a reminder or two over that day. But the, the real, I think the real value of joining, whether you want to take advantage of Cyber Monday or not, and I really hope you do, um, I'm, I'm giving away seven really good parenting resources that have only ever been um, in the ninja parenting community before. So, um, so some of them, quite a few of them are videos that I made specifically for parents with questions in the community. Um, they have to do, so the five videos are, there's one on five ways to handle, sorry, seven videos are, there's one on five ways to handle your picky eater, one on discipline and consequences for young children, one on uh, which is worse, I called it passive or dictatorial parenting, and one called my kid is bolting, when do we end this outing? One called On Disrespect, in which a five-year-old was being incredibly disrespectful to others um, outside of the family and what was, what the, what, you know, my advice for that mom. Um, one called A Roadmap to Responsibility, Independence Week Wrap-Up, which this was, this and the next one are both things that I did initially offer outside of the community and now uh, they are in there. So A Roadmap to Responsibility, How to Help Your Kid get Be More Independent. And then finally, How to Help Kids Get Along with Other Kids are the names of these um, these seven resources. And if you go to my Facebook page, or if you are a member of our Facebook group, uh, just a, earlier in this break, I mentioned that like the Magic Words for Parents was off this coming week. So what I did instead was I did a Facebook Live in which I highlight each of these videos and I give a tip from each of the videos. So like just the Facebook, it's like a 20 minute thing. I mean, I think that that could be very valuable to you if you, for example, want to know like one way to handle your picky eater or um, how to start thinking about discipline and consequences or, you know, there's a there's a tip for everything else on this on this list. And you can you can get to those by either clicking the link in the show notes if you're in the Facebook group or clicking that link to join it. Um, or going to facebook.com slash we turned out okay. Um, but, but if you want to sort of short circuit all that, <laughs> if instead of going to the Facebook live and, and watching that, if you'd rather just jump right on, uh, this is what I recommend. If you want to just jump on that waiting list, you can have access to all seven videos forever. I'm even if you don't join the community, um, I think these are so valuable. I just want you to have them. So I'm, I'm inviting you to like bookmark. What I'm going to do is share a page with you right away. As soon as you join this waiting list and click confirm in your email, you'll get an email back from me that, that gives you the link to get to this waiting list, um, to get on this waiting list, but also to get, uh, what did I call the page? I called it enjoy these free resources while you're waiting for NPC Cyber Monday. And, um, you can get those by going to weturnedoutok.com slash Cyber Monday, all one, that's all one word, C-Y-B-E-R, Cyber Monday, or click the link in the show notes. I'm going to put this up really high in the show notes so that you don't have to scroll down too far. Um, and I, I have to tell you, I'm getting so hyped up uh, to, to, to offer this, this 24 hours where you can ha get a third off. That's like four months for free uh, out of a year, which I just... Um, the annual membership, uh, is so cool because like 
people just get so much out of it. It's like you just have this peace of mind and then you get extra parent coaching calls and and all that. Cool. There's so much in there. Um, And so even if you are currently a monthly member and you want to take advantage of this, um, you know, join this, get on this waiting list and, and, uh, and, and join, you know, at this rate on Cyber Monday, and then, um, then you'll have it for a whole year. (laughs) So, um, hopefully all that is, uh, is exciting for you. Um, as exciting for you as it is for me, seven great resources. There's probably, there's at least, I would say there's several hours just in this, on this page, uh, with these seven resources of videos, you know, either made directly for the community or that are now placed in the community. You can't get them anywhere else. Um, and I, it's probably three or four hours worth of content um, that I, I, I bet will have you taking notes, basically. <laughs> so um, so take advantage of that. We turned out okay.com slash Cyber Monday, all one word. Thank you so much for all of your emails and uh, and the, the other ways that you are getting in touch with me to, you know, to say hello. Um, it means a lot when you share about the show. I want to say thank you so much for that if you share with a friend. Um, subscribing so that you never miss an episode. I am planning at least one bonus episode for some time in November. Um, I'm try. I want to tell you about that so bad, but I also want it to be a surprise. So, <laughs> so subscribe and then you won't miss it. And and uh, when you when you uh, you know there will come a day in November where you open up your podcatcher and whoop there it is. Um, and also thank you so much for your positive reviews. I can't tell you how much they mean. I feel like I say this every time. But it's that's because it's true. They your positive reviews um, hearten me so that I can keep going. I mean, it's uh, it's just such a pleasure to read them and and to know that you cared enough to to put something in writing about this show. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for that. All right, our show today is sponsored by the amazing Janine Halloran, and I'm gonna share more on her in a moment, including uh, words from her herself. Uh, which I'm really excited to do. I love I love when the sponsor gets to speak for themselves on, on a show. Uh, I'll share more about that in a moment. Janine's sponsorship pays for production, editing, and web hosting for We Turned Out Okay. But before we get to that, my time in creating this show is supported by the members of our Ninja Parenting community. I teach Ninja parents uh, how to get good behavior from their children, how to handle their toughest parenting struggles, uh, we have been dealing with things in the in the community like what do you do when your daughter does not who is seven years old does not want to put on pants or leggings and it is super cold um, at what point do, you know do you like is this a health and safety concern um, how do you deal with the like the screaming and tantrums from from that so um, that's just one of the things we've been dealing with uh, lately in there it's such a great place it it uh, the Ninja Parenting community works because it's all online. So help is there for you 24-7. It's personalized to each member. So you can always get help with whatever part of raising children is most challenging for you. And it's always growing because our members share their challenges and struggles. And I create help with personalized videos, worksheets, and other offerings. And you know what? Actually, this is really cool too. Um, so members support each other. And I just, I love that so much about the community. Um, there are lots of positive words. And, and good help that parents in the community can give each other. Um, there's recently been a thread about only children and um, uh, one mom who's the mother of an only childhood, uh, only child wrote the post. And then I, you know, commented, but I'm not an only child. So another mom who's in there who is, who does have an only child um, got in there to, to share. And um, I just felt so grateful to her for that. And then um, the other thing that that happened this week is one of our members, uh, Mama Lama, hello, Mama Lama, posted, uh, she created a post which had a whole bunch of postpartum dis- depression and postpartum anxiety uh, resources that she herself had come up with. And um, I mean, there's like, I don't know, half a dozen links to to places that she uh, knew that friends had found helpful that she actually found four friends so that they could could go in and get some help with their postpartum depression or anxiety. So, um, so for you members, that's in there already, and uh, I just I just love it. Like it's it's ever changing, it's always growing, um, it's very supportive. So. Yeah, it's a it's a really good place to be. So go to weturnedoutok.com. Actually, I am gonna say the same. Go to weturnedoutok.com slash cyber monday so that you can get on the wait list um and join for for a year at a third off the annual cost. 
Um, if you need help now, you can go to weturn.ok.com slash join NPC and you can join for the next month. But you you might decide to make the choice of like getting on the wait list, getting those resources for free, and then um, and then jumping in at a rate that, you know, is never before seen. <laughs> okay. And now a word from our sponsor. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring you right into our conversation. Janine Halloran and I, we had a, we, um, she's going to talk specifically about, she's going to answer a question of mine. And then she's going to talk specifically about one of the coping cue cards in one of her coping cue card decks. So here is a word from Janine herself. with Janine Halloran, our wonderful sponsor. And Janine, I have a question about the coping cue cards. And my question is, why a tactile card? Like, why is why do we need that to hold in our hands? Like, I, I noticed they're not offered as ebooks. You can't get an e-deck of cards. They're real cards. How come? Because I like the feeling of having a card, something tangible, something you can actually hold. And Um, Having a whole array of them to be able to sort of look through. There's something powerful about seeing all of them out and thinking about, oh my gosh, there are so many different ways that I can cope with my feelings. And to look at all of them when they're all spread out um, is incredible. I actually, I had one picture of the sensory deck taken actually, and it was this, uh, my model was in the middle with all the cards and it was just so, she was like, this is awesome. (laughs) And she, you know, she's a kid who is actually also somebody who really loves looking at the deck she was having a great time just doing the different activities and she's like this is so cool I can do this and I can do that and I can do that and so even the model was seeing it. yeah that's awesome you have mentioned before uh being able to put one like uh, one that really works put it on the fridge put it you know somewhere where a child can see it can find it yes so yeah, definitely using a fridge, um, using a calm down space, having it in a place where kids are, you know, that's where they're designed to go and have and relax and calm down. Also in school, they can use this um, in their, they can have cards in their desk or the school counselor can have a set of cards and they can use it as well. So it really does work. It, it's incredible to see people have been responding back to me and saying, this is how I'm using the deck in this way with these kids. So it's really cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you are holding one of the cards from one of the decks. So let's hear about that one. So this one is from the movement deck and it's push, pull, dangle. So basically what you do is you push down on your chair for 10 seconds, you pull up on your chair for 10 seconds, and then you let your arms dangle down. And it's a way that kids can uh, relax in their chairs at school or if they're trying to do homework or just wherever they are. But then it gives them an opportunity to move a little bit. It gives them a little bit of interaction with their body. That is brilliant. <laughs> I will use that one, I think. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Janine, for being our sponsor and for giving us these incredible cards. These are beautiful. Thank you so much. Janine has created five different beautiful and super useful card decks the, that she's just been talking about, the Coping Skills for Kids Coping Cue Cards. And each deck includes at least 40 cards. Most have 44 to help your child deal with sensory overload, getting distracted, learning to relax, and more. You can use them to help your child learn the skills to cope with problems. As a visual reminder to use one of the coping skills, uh, perhaps by placing its card on the fridge or in another place at home. As a way to expand your child's toolbox of coping skills and even as conversation starters because you can ask your child like, what would Mona, one of the characters in one of the decks, what would Mona do now? They're a great help while traveling, while sitting in a restaurant, while you're at a party, um, and even more. And Janine has given listeners, she's offering listeners to We Turned Out Okay, a 15% discount. So here's what you do. You go to copingskillsforkids.com slash okay. That's O-K-A-Y. You can just click the link in the show notes. And when you get there uh, and you're placing your order, use code O-K-A-Y. That's all caps, O-K-A-Y to get 15% off. And I really hope you do that. When when you uh, purchase Janine's products, you are not only helping our show, but you're giving your child really critical tools for uh, learning to cope with life's challenges. Um, and I am so grateful to you uh, for doing that. It means a lot to me that it was, it was ages before I, I took on any sponsor. And Janine... Um, it's kind of who I was waiting for, to, to be truthful. So, um, although I didn't know it at the time. 
And so I really hope you take advantage of that. That Again, that is We Turned Out. No, sorry, it's not We Turned Out Okay. It is copingskillsforkids.com slash okay, O-K-A-Y, and 15% off uh, your order with code all caps, O-K-A-Y. All right. Thank you very, very much for listening to this break. And now on with the show. Okay, welcome back from the break for episode 304. This one is all about one way that schools can screw up kids. Um, it is by making them confused, by by sort of taking away meaning <laughs> uh, from their days and, and the, the things that they do at school. Um, and after the break, I had said I wanted to help you understand what you can do to, to stop school from screwing up your kid or specifically to stop confusion from happening so that they, you know, they can make meaning in their lives. And I, the way that I think of this is um, that what we want to do is help them understand the context. So Gatto talks about in this book, Dumbing Us Down, he says, fortunately, the children have no words to define the panic and anger they feel at constant violations of natural order and sequence fobbed off on them as quality in education. Now, Gatto taught at a time in the early 90s and and through the sort of 1980s, uh, where I, I can remember as a kid, the sort of like you'd go to school every year and they would be there would be some shiny new program that you were going to take part in i you know one was called i feel like era and it's the e the r and the a each stood for something and just thinking about confusion so that i remember that being in the third grade it was this exciting new program and everybody was handed out like uh oak tag paper that you know had I feel like part of a story on it and what we were supposed to do was kind of answer questions from the story. But what I remember about that most is getting in big trouble for writing on this oak tag thing that came from this box like that. So talk about confusion, right? I mean, like they give you this, how am I supposed to know at age eight that like writing on this is forbidden? Um, you know, we're talking about writing. <laughs> there was nothing on it that I read anyway that said, do not write on this piece of paper. Like it, it, it just, those are the kinds of things that, that can happen. And, um, that when he talks about, um, the things that are fobbed off on kids as quality in education, I'm sure that everybody, I'm sure that they spent a lot of money, my school system to get whatever this ERA thing was, um, and, and I'm sure that in their minds, it made perfect sense, but it didn't make any sense to me. It didn't, it didn't really, I couldn't find a way to relate it to my learning or my life other than I knew there was punishment involved because I got in trouble for writing on this thing that I wasn't supposed to write on. And, and, um, so helping kids understand the context, maybe if somebody had said to me, this is a, this is a piece of paper that's really precious because it's going to help you. I don't even know what. I, I don't know how they could have made ERA work, you know, for me, but maybe if they had said like, so you're going to get to read a story and then you're going to think about the story instead of handing me something that had like ERA stood for great big words at the time. Like, I don't even remember what they are now. Um, and that was a part of what I was looking at. Like it was branded in this way that made sense to adults, but didn't make any sense to me at all as a kid. And um so it, I was not understanding the context there. And I think first and foremost, people who make meaning, which is every person, um, we are always trying to understand our environment and we're always assessing uh, our place and, and the goings on in our environment, even in subconscious ways, even in ways that we don't think about. Um, I'm actually going to link to a TED talk about uh, how somebody's hands whether we can see someone's hands or not will determine for us how trustworthy that person is or is not. And put it this way, if we can see their hands, um, we trust them more because uh, having hands in pockets is, we don't know what, subconsciously, we don't know what that person is hiding if they've got their hands in their pockets. And um, so like we are always trying to understand the context behind something, even if we don't 
understand that we are. So that's the first part of this is help them kids help your kids understand the context um, of everything, of anything, of any anything that they need help understanding. Um, and the second is if something doesn't make sense to your child, stop and help them figure it out if you can. I mean, sometimes you just can't because you're on your way to the grocery store or school or the dentist or something like that. But um, but even if you can't do it in the moment, try and go back to it and 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 see if you can say like, do you remember this? And and if they if they're like, yeah, you can you can say, listen, I'm I'm I want to talk about that now, and I want to I want to see how you felt about that or something like that. Um, I think a be a huge part of this is to answer their questions um, rather than assuming that you know what their questions are going to be, um, just answer their questions. And this this can be so useful for everything, like from, you know, the birds and the bees to um, to why it's not cool to hit a sibling or something like that. Uh, because kids have questions and if we try to give them too much information, then they won't hear it. They just won't be able to understand it. But if we don't give them enough information, all that will happen is they'll ask another question. <laughs> and then uh, we can, you know, we can answer that. So when I think about one of my favorite stories to tell is that my youngest, Jay, when he was very little, um, like barely talking little, two, three years old, he doesn't even remember this now. It was so, he was so young that he doesn't have any memory of doing this. But multiple times he would come up to me and he would say, uh, you know, mama, where was I before? And I would say, well, you were in my belly. And he would say, well, where was I before that? And I didn't have an answer, which I think is why he kept coming back to it because I couldn't under, I couldn't help him understand context that I didn't know. So basically what I did was I said, isn't this interesting? Like, this is such a mystery. And like some mysteries are really worth contemplating, even if we're not sure that we'll ever find the answer. Um, and so he kept coming back to me with those questions. Well, where was I before I was in your belly? I think because he was trying to make meaning for himself. He was trying to understand his place in the world and how he got here. <laughs> and that had never occurred to me as a kid to wonder where I was before I was in my mama's belly. Um, and it, as a result, it just blew my mind. I was like, this is incredible. I mean, of course, you know, my first thought, right? I've got a genius. <laughs> and in a way, I think he he is he is a little bit of a genius in that because he he's able to find voice. He's able to give voice to these big ideas that he has. And he still is. I mean, like he is someone who can get to the heart of a matter really well. And um, that makes him an outstanding negotiator, which honestly is a little frustrating as his parent, but is also going to serve him so well in the world. I mean, like um, it's funny because we want both. I meant to say this in an earlier episode of this series we want when they're young what we want is obedience we don't want them to argue we don't want them to give back like uh any kind of negotiate we just want them to go yep okay and do it right but that's really ultimately not what we want we don't want people who know only to obey and so um when we have a kid who asks a question particularly if they ask it in a way that is appropriate. So if they're shouting and hitting you while they're asking this question, then it's time to say, oh, wait a second, I can answer that. But first you need to, you need to, you know, control your hands and you need to look at me and you need to ask quietly so I can understand you. Um, you know, that's fine to do. Like that's more than fine. It's important. Like it's showing respect. But, um, but the important thing is to answer those questions, right? And, um, and help them make meaning and uh, let learning and understanding happen at their pace. That's the other great thing about questions is, is so I would say probably over 18 months or so from the time that Jay was maybe two and a half to when he was about four, he asked that question about where was he before he was in my belly like a dozen times. And he kept coming back to it because the learning was happening at his pace. Like, and, and, and I started to get good at basically we would sit together for a few minutes and we would puzzle and ponder and and wonder out loud about where we might have been before we were in our mama's bellies because I, I would eventually I was talking to him about like I was in my mama's belly and I didn't know where I was either before that and like it just opens up really cool conversations um and I think 
the, something that I didn't write down, but that I, I think is really important here is that this is how, this is how we bond and connect. Like this is a big thing. You know, this is how humans bond and connect um, to each other. It's how we deepen our relationships by, by having a shared meaning. I think that is so important. I think it's so important that it's probably going to end up being somewhere in the title of this episode. <laughs> um, I, I, like creating shared meaning, a, a community where um, we talk about truth and we talk about the mysteries that we wonder about and we talk about all that kind of stuff. That is that is where we create shared meaning. And uh, there is... I mean, this gets back to sort of human development, right? Like, what are we all looking for in life? What are we looking for? I think Eric Erickson would would say, in fact, probably did say, um, although I'm not remembering any particular quotes, Eric Erickson, who's sort of like the father of um, developmental psychology, or, or at least uh, child development um, as a psychology, he was really, really interested in children and, and how they um, how they develop and why. And But it all has to do with like developing an identity our identity. And that has to do so much with making meaning. And so when I think about Eric Erickson, that's why I'm actually going to link to um, the second book in the Your Child Explained series, which is called Educating Happy Kids, because there are a couple of chapters in there that are on Erickson and his um, his really cool uh, theory on human development, um, which I talk about extensively in there. And um I think they're an integral part of education and that's why I brought them up. <laughs> so, so go to weturnedoutokay.com slash books to check out Educating Happy Kids. And I think what I want to end on today is um, <laughs> uh, maybe uh, coming out of left field a little bit is I have been obsessed with, you've heard about these before on this show, if, you, if you're a, a longtime listener, I have been obsessed with the Inspector Gamache mysteries, murder mysteries by um, a Canadian awesome woman named Louise Penny, who is from the same, she's she's uh, lived in the eastern townships of Quebec, the province of Quebec, which is sort of between like Montreal and the border, the Vermont border for, um, she's lived there for decades. Uh, she may have even been originally born there. But um, that's where I'm from, too. I'm from Montreal, the city of Montreal. And we used to drive through the eastern townships all the time. And I think that's kind of what drew me to this. But like, this is, I've only ever read murder mysteries by people like Agatha Christie or Elizabeth George, who, you know, who write about faraway places like, like England or, um, oh, you know, uh, places that are not where I was born, I guess, or where I live now. And um it's so, so there's so many really interesting cultural type references. Um, I'm understanding more from reading these books about like the separatist situation, which I always kind of knew about, but um, the, the issues that come up between languages, because there are English speakers and there are French speakers in, in Quebec and um, they feel a certain way, you know, they can, they can feel some prejudice towards the, the other language. And um, it's just really interesting to have grown up in this culture and only now um, to be understanding well, well into my adulthood, to be understanding like the kind of bigger implications for why people talk about the way that they talk about people the way that they do. Like, it's just, I'm fascinated by it. So, but that's not the subject of this. What I wanted to talk about today is um, Chief Inspector Gamache is um, he's a little bit like the sort of Hercule Poirot, the Albus Dumbledore of this series. And um, he's amazing and, and beloved by me and millions of other people. And one of the things I love about him most is his kindness. So he is the head of homicide, um, meaning what he does every day is search for killers, right? And the way that he teaches his agents to do that is through... Um, just is is by being a good person like he doesn't look for people who are who are going to um be suspicious in a in a negative way like he really wants to try and understand the relationships between people in his cases that he's you know what he's working on but also it, it makes for a really rich um private life i mean so we're we're learning and reading about like him and his wife and his children and and um 
it's it's like it's very obvious that Chief Inspector Gamache lives a contented and happy life, even though he he deals with kind of death in his in his day job. And I've just taken so many lessons. Like I have written down so many quotes from the Gamache books into my quote book, um, which longtime listeners will know is this book that um, I have a chronic illness and it's a tendon disorder. And what what happens is my body makes scar tissue. Uh, that's kind of like its first decision. If I start overusing a tendon, um, often because I'm stressed, I will do this. Or if I hurt something, if I hurt a tendon, it will, it will sort of immediately start developing scar tissue, which is painful and, um, has to be sort of broken up. And, um, I, for a long time, wasn't able to use my hands kind of at all. And, um, now that I am, I, well, actually I started this, other people have written in this book when I couldn't, but I started wanting to write down, um, in a book quotes that were important to me. And, um, I, 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 it's become a kind of hand therapy and it's meant so much to me. Like this, this, just the existence of this book, actually there's two of them now. And, um, I can go back there anytime I want and I can read wisdom from people like Chief Inspector Gamache. And uh, one of the things he talks about is that there are, so so we've gone down this rabbit hole right now, we're coming back to uh, the, the point, uh, you know, why this ties into this episode of We Turned Out Okay. Chief Inspector Gamache teaches every agent that there are like sort of four key statements. Um, I, I think he thinks of them as like the compass that, an agent must have when they are um, trying to solve uh, a crime or a murder. And they are the following. I need help. I don't know. I'm sorry. And I was wrong. And the reason I'm bringing these up is because these are expressions that we not only can we use them to help our kids, because what we're doing is we if we say to our kids, I, I need help, I don't know, I'm sorry, or I was wrong. We are helping to, we're giving them an understanding of who we are. And we are uh, communicating empathy or compassion, or um, we're, we're asking them to see from our perspective, like we're not berating them, we're not yelling at them, we're not saying, you should be doing this, or, or you should know this. Instead, we're saying, help me, <laughs> help me understand. And uh, the reason it comes up for me here is because we are all working on understanding the context and the meaning in, in, in our daily interactions, in our whole lives, in why we're here. We, there are many different ways that we can do this, right? We can do it um, through some kind of introspection. We can do it through uh, meditation. We can do it through our church. We can do it through our friendships. Um, but it does involve being able to be vulnerable and say, us being able to say to our kids, and to the others around us, but I'm, I'm thinking in particular of our kids, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I don't know, or I need help. And um, that is where, that is how we can help them make meaning. Um, because we are sharing meaning with them, and we are inviting them in. Um, we are deepening these bonds and connecting by having shared meaning. And that is where I want to leave it today. Um I, I really want to say thank you so much for listening uh, to this episode. It means so much to me that you are here and that you've got me in your earballs. Um, I, I think everything I do here has to do with making meaning, with helping you understand why kids do what they do. You know what I mean? And, and how, how that can, how knowing that and understanding that can help in raising them because, um, because then they don't just become these kind of like evil little, uh, creatures that we don't understand that just do all these things they do to push our buttons or, or stress us out or whatever. There are deeper reasons for why they do what they do. And, um, I hope that by knowing them and understanding these reasons, you'll be able to be happier and, and create more meaning and, um, and enjoy your kids and, and, uh, help them, be happy as well. So uh, it means a lot that you kind of stayed with me through this whole thing um, today. And uh, I'm really, really grateful for that. 
as I am grateful for, I have a huge thank you for the uh, producer of our show, the man who I'm so glad is with me and making meaning with me in our lives. I'm, I feel very, very lucky. He is the 22-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award. His name is Benjamin Culp. Thank you so much, Ben, for um, for being along on this ride with me. It, it really means a lot. And finally, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I want to date to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com, where you'll find show notes and more. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. I want to pee in the woods. Theater, 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 theater,